Here we go. Blog Talk Radio. version of the song it just shortened it all up so anyway i am not going to spend too much time talking because i would like to introduce mark copel and if i say that wrong he'll correct me i'm sure um and he's holding and i'm sure the, the time difference in his, where he's at is totally different than ours so hold on y'all hello hi there jerry how are you Oh, a little roasty here. It's uh, summertime here in uh, Auckland, New Zealand. It's uh, yeah, it really? been pretty, pretty. Like, yeah, so while you're freezing over there. Yeah, it's thirty-two uh, degrees. Well, oh. Yeah, it's 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 pretty toasty. <laughs> we don't have air conditioning, so <laughs> at least <laughs> I don't. Do you want some snow? Yeah, that actually would be nice. Uh, particularly yesterday, it uh, reached. Uh, it was like around close to thirty degrees Celsius. So um, yeah, not too fun. Yeah, unless you're yeah. swimming. <laughs> well, here it was freezing and a lot of accidents. Unfortunately, people don't know how to drive in the snow in Virginia because we're just not really used to having it. Yeah, yeah, I um I remember because uh, I lived in America for a little bit, well, for a couple of decades. So I, I had experienced a little bit of driving in the snow, but it's a little unnerving uh, when you're not used to it, especially with uh, ice. Oh wow, yeah, it is. It is. I want to get into UFO talk because when all right, so you've lived here and you live there. Where where do you live at currently? I'm in Auckland, New Zealand. Gotcha. So you've lived here too. Did you have did you have UFO UFO experiences here too, by chance? Yes. Yes. Uh, it was actually in um, 2013. Uh, I actually went um, gold prospecting. I had this impression to pull the car over. I, I nearly crashed. Um, so I pulled the car over, and, um, and I thought, you know, well, I, I felt the strong impression to pull over. I was in uh, this area just outside of Nelson, Nevada, it's in southern Nevada desert. Um, I had all my prospecting gear on, I had my metal detector. I was uh, climbing up and down these rocky ravines at uh, quartz crystal in, in the rock. And um, all of a sudden, I, I see this uh, mercury 
um, like tic-tac, vertical tic-tac kind of craft fly right through the mountain straight in front of me. Um, I couldn't get my – my camera was in my uh, backpack pocket. I couldn't get it out fast enough, so I just observed it for, you know, probably about five, six seconds. And it actually landed. Um, I couldn't oh, wow. see that exact point where I so I wanted to know what, what was going on. I had a, a Travis Walton <laughs> experience. Um, I, I wanted to uh, find out what exactly it was. And uh, I actually heard some gunshots just prior uh, before it, it flew through these, these small mountains. So I was, uh, I was hyperventilating. I was pretty freaked out. I saw it pretty clearly. It was, uh, I think it was around, um, around um, mid-afternoon. A bright uh, blue skies probably only about maybe half a mile away from me. And um, so I got to the area. I couldn't find whatever it was that landed somewhere. And I couldn't even think straight. I was, you know, I started swearing. And um, I do have a paranormal background. So I was like, thinking, yeah, what, why am I seeing this? What is it? <laughs> and um, I thought, uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do prospecting after all. What I just saw, this, had no visible forms of propulsion. There was no propeller. There was no no um, no wings. Now I'm I'm a drone pilot too, and um, this thing just didn't it didn't fit anything that that, that is known uh, with our current technology. And uh, the story doesn't doesn't end there. <laughs> As I made my way back to my car, um, just to mention, when I pulled the car over, there was another vehicle. Uh, blocking this this little stone road that went into the desert, and um, it was a uh, SUV. And uh, as I made my way back to my car, uh, just panting and really kind of really freaked out, um, I noticed this vehicle pulled away from that area, and it stopped right by my car. I wasn't in my car; I was just observing from a from a distance. I was wearing a camouflage um, desert hat. And um, I noticed these. T- oh, I, I noticed these two tall, strange individuals approach my car, and started looking in my windows, like, "Who are you? What are you doing here?" Kind of thing. And um, I just, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Um, I so I just watched them, and they got into their car, and then they they drove towards Nelson, and oh, wow. they didn't look American. Um. So I don't know. I don't know for sure if they had something to do with whatever it was that I saw. But I tell you what, it is a bit strange. I bet. I bet. Um, I I had a friend that I had advertised for our show tonight, and one of my friends had said that they had an experience driving off of one of our routes with a, a UFO experience, and he just... He has no excla- you know, explanation for what happened. He just said it was, it was, you know, it just it stunned him, and it has still changed him to this day because this happened a long time ago. So I'm glad that you're coming on the show because it seems that you have a lot of experiences and a lot of footage on UFOs, and and so many people are curious about them. But I also think that they're afraid of the unknown, also. Well, it's understandable. I mean, we're conditioned with sci-fi, then we hear stories of of uh, people getting abducted, having horrible experiments done on them. 
uh, eggs taken, um, you know, surgery, things inserted inside them, uh, all kinds of things. So there is a lot of fear surrounding the subject. There's also a lot of ridicule as well, but it's a very interesting time we live in with the, um, the ORSAP program and um, George Knapp and Harry Reid and, you know, all the revelations that are coming out now about how the U.S. government has actually been studying uh, the UFO phenomena and and the other things that are pertaining to it. Now, speaking of that, I did go to Skinwalker Ranch um, around um, July, early July of that same year. I, I went into ufology head first, and I, I wanted answers. And I wanted to find out what, you know, what was really going on. I went sky watching and had some very strange things happen over by Skinwalker Ranch. I had my then girlfriend with me. Um, now, Jacques Vallée has talked about how n not only can you, you experience one form of the phenomenon, but you can experience different things. There may be psychic aspects. There may be other paranormal aspects related to the phenomenon. You may have ghost experience. Now, I had, I already had many paranormal experiences uh, before this happened, but I had something like a, akin to a Sasquatch throw a rock right by us uh, up there on UFO Hill uh, um, from uh, Skinwalker Ranch. I had all my cameras out. I went there for UFOs. I get instead I get a Sasquatch-like experience uh, through a rock and it hit and land right by us like an explosion. Um, oh wow! And, and uh, a very strange noise. I, I put my video up on my old channel, uh, Mark Capel, uh, uh, Skinwalker Ranch Apocalypse Close Encounters. Um, uh, it's actually recorded on that that video. I made a little documentary. It's a low-budget documentary, but it recorded mm -hmm. some of the phenomenon that, that, that took place uh, when, when I went to um, the outskirts of Skinwalker Ranch back in 2013. I spoke to some of the locals, some of them from the, uh, the Ute tribe there, uh, people like um, Larry Seaspooch. And uh, I had these uh, strange light anomalies that approached me um, against gusty wind that got recorded on my full spectrum contour uh, point of view camera uh, they went against this gusty wind was blowing my car and they approached me and did a like a 90 degree turn in front of my face so i'm probably uh i'm probably the closest that anybody has been with a camera to any of the phenomena from skinwalker ranch um i, I didn't know quite what was going to happen because i've had so many different paranormal experience uh, experiences throughout my life i wondered how the phenomena from Skinwalker was going to react to me, and it's followed me. Chaos um, you know, uh, reporter George Knapp, he wrote a book, uh, co-authored along with Colm Kelleher, uh, a senior research scientist there from NIDS, um, uh, Rob Bigelow's scientific team, who actually studied the phenomena that took place there at Skinwalker Ranch. He talked about the piggyback-type phenomenon and how it can follow you around from place to place, just like, you know, ghosts can do that. You know, uh, right. the UFO phenomenon can do that too. Uh, and it can be pretty unnerving. Do you think that, can you can you explain a little bit or, you know, just um, explain what Skinwalker Ranch is? Because some people that are tuned in may not, they may not know what that is. Can you, okay, can you elaborate gonna, on that yeah. for, for our yeah, listeners? Just, and yeah. 
uh, basically, uh, Skinwalker Ranch is a, or it used to be a 480 um, acre um, ranch over there in Fort Duchesne, um, northeastern Utah. Uh, it's an area that's had a lot of um, UFO sightings, cryptid kinds of sightings. Um, people have had some very strange things happen in that area. A rancher uh, in 1994 purchased this property uh, in Skinwalker Ranch. Um, strange um, things started happening out there. Uh, cattle mutilations, um, things that look like Bigfoot, portals opening up in the sky, uh, various UFO kinds of craft. Some of them would mimic um, earth vehicles. They would fly very low. Uh, he lost oh, wow. a number of his cattle, close to 20 uh, expensive cattle. Um, so he was terrified. He was a maxima. He was a skeptic. And um, George Knapp wrote a book about um, what happened to them of this period of about two years, uh, 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 famous uh, entrepreneur, um, uh, aerospace entrepreneur, um, Robert Bigelow, actually heard about the story uh, from an article in the uh, Deseret News, and um, he actually purchased the property to study. The study oh, wow. of the phenomenon. He, he had uh, top-notch scientists, uh, former astronauts, uh, people, uh, uh, scientists across the spectrum of science studying the, the, the various forms of uh, phenomenon that was taking place out there. From the cattle mutilations, they studied there, they did necropsies, they studied um, the UFO phenomenon um, across, like through to Colorado and other areas in the United States. They also investigated um, other areas where, where similar phenomena was taking place. There were rumors that the U.S. government was involved with that effort. And in recent years, it has come out and shown that, yes, indeed, um, um, some money was earmarked, um, invested in Skinwalker Ranch. Um, um, one of the um, the people that uh, represented the uh, National, um, what was it, the National Institute, for, um, the, oh, the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, um, came out, I believe his name was Dr. James uh, Lekaski, um, George Knapp did an interview with him, but he came out and um, just curious to check out the ranch. He had something happen that was um, life-changing. That's that's what happens some, to some people when they go out there. And that's indeed what happened to me. Now, I never, prior to the, I never had, as far as I know, I never had anything to do with Bigfoot, anything like that ever before my life. Uh, or UFOs. Well, apart from that that sighting um, that earlier that year, it's just very gotcha. uncanny, very strange. So, um, uh, and of course, the the property um, they did a, a very in depth study, a, a scientific study. Um, the phenomena was always aware of them. They put these cameras up. They tried to capture. Um, these catamulations that had taken place. Um, three of the farm dogs got. Uh, killed by something that looked like a blue orb that flew around the cattle, basically vaporizing this ranch's dogs. They had cats that disappeared. Uh, things would happen, like a bulletproof dire wolf, a wolf kind of thing um, that, that seemed to be immune to uh, bullets. Um, oh, wow. Very strange stuff. I mean, this is like the, the Area 51 of the paranormal. So if you are interested in the paranormal, you can check that out. Check out the... A study done by the, uh, the NIDS, the National Institute for Discovery Science. Gotcha. Did that? Yeah. One of my friends just had a question. What's what was the name of the study? She was going to look it up. Um, 
Well, you, uh, you could just go through, um, look, type in George Knapp uh, or Dr. Colm Kelleher. Um, okay. People like, like Jacques Vallée that was involved. Uh, a number of very, uh, very well-respected scientists were involved. This is basically a location that's had more money invested in studying the supernatural than anywhere else, at least in the United States. Cool. Um, how often do you go out there? I mean, is it something that you do? I don't, I don't know how far you live from there. Is it something that you investigate or do research often? Uh, well, at the time, um, uh, when Robert Bigler owned the property, um, you know, he was very tight-lipped about, you know, uh, what went on and also uh, who was led on to the property. You know, George Knapp was allowed to go on there. Some others in the earlier days uh, were allowed to go on the property. Uh, you know, for those, uh, you know, maybe familiar with the show, the, the, the uh, reality show that's, that's out um, I believe it's called the, the Secret Skinwalker Ranch. I I lived in Las Vegas for um, uh, for a long time, nearly 20 years. So I drove up from there. It's a good drive. Um, but you know, soon after um, I had um, you know, in the recent years after I, I left America, I, I came back to New Zealand. The phenomena followed me here. When I say oh, wow. I'm talking about I'm talking about UFOs. I'm talking about Bigfoot-like stuff. Um, I, I, this stuff is like something out of X Files. Uh, some of these, some of the stuff I've actually managed to capture on my cameras. It's not very easy to, um, you know. And um, I, I'm also an ITC researcher or instrumental transcommunication researcher. I do, um, I use electronics to communicate with other realms. Basically, try to connect with them. Uh, I'm also sensitive too, so I do use intuition. But it's a little tricky when you're using. Um, electronics um, but things have ramped up for me um, here across the world um, I, I I had this um, entity that approached me as I lay down in my bed uh, and basically gave me a date to go out to this bush area and actually and, and tap my head to show me that I wasn't dreaming now I there's, there's a lot that's happened there's a lot I can say I recorded um, I started doing paranormal investigating. Um, I, I, I continued it when I came back to New Zealand in early 2015. I recorded this message during a paranormal investigation in all places, the central city, a very strange message that said, accept the Bigfoot people, big people. This came through, repeated through a Sanjian ITC um, radio spirit box. I was using um, Faraday um, radio blocking material. The message repeated. I didn't, understand quite what it said at the time and it wasn't until months later i actually went over the video and 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 started happening um, out in the bush i um you know i was really keen to get into the bush area um and strange things happening started happening out there i was getting followed i was hearing wood knocks i was getting like what what might we might call samurai chatter uh ron moorhead the sierra sounds the strange um, talking like something's talking about you um, out in this wild area. These are areas where the public is restricted. You can't get it. These are like machete only areas that I'm talking about. I'd find these strange footprints. There were no tracks out here. I was very spooked and I started to, uh, to, to investigate. You basically use my, my paranormal investigation skills. I had the gear, so I started using that. I started using ITC to investigate what was going on. 
I was actually pretty freaked out. Um, I, um, you know, I got invited out something. This this was um, January 13th of 2017. I went into this bush area. Something very big ran right past me that was not a pig. It ran, crashed through the bush, ran right next to me. Um, I heard these strange voices out there. Um, When I came back weeks later, this whole area, well, when I say this whole area, this area, about a dozen trees had been snapped down like matchsticks. These healthy trees have been ripped down. Basically, through ITC, I discovered they told me, well, we made a pathway for you. Strange things happen there. Um, I would get these wood knocks. Um, I would get the stone plaques. Um, if anyone that studies the Sasquatch phenomena, um, you know, not only do, can people have the sightings of these uh, man beasts, um, but they can have other things. They can have wood knocks. They can be followed. They can find, you know, the footprints. They can find, you know, large scat. They can, um, you know, there's the hair samples. You know, the, you know, it's, it's quite a very, it's, it's a large topic once you get into. Yes, it sounds. And it so sounds- I, I, Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's and these, this is an ancient, intelligent tribe of people, and highly intelligent. They know what you're doing. They're highly aware of what we're doing. We go in there with cameras. They know what we're doing. You can't pull one over on them. You really can't. And do you think that, um, you think that go ahead. they have? This is going to be an off the wall question, but do you think that they have the same type of intuition as we do? Uh, yes, I think. In fact, I think it's far better. I mean, okay. that 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 recording that I have that says "accept the Bigfoot people, big people." I mean, that shows that they have interdimensional abilities. Now, whether they're using some form of astral travel, like people, some people are very good. They can leave their body at night. They can travel to another planet. They can travel to another dimension. Are they using some? Are they are they going out of sync? Are they, you know, you know. There's reports, and I've talked to a number of people. Um, I, I the news um, got interested in what happened to me. Um, look, I didn't know that we even had Bigfoot here. I, I I wasn't really all that interested in Bigfoot, you know, until it was weird. It wasn't happened until these things started happening, and I started putting the pieces together here in New Zealand. I had no idea. You know, the natives, they, the Maori people, they talked about the Moihals, um, the, the Maros, the, the Rapawais. They had all these big names for these giants that they were terrified of, just like the uh, the Native Americans uh, talked about the Sasquatch, and they had, you know, many names for these um, these giant people. Oh, wow. One of our um, viewers has a question from uh, – Steve White has a question uh, for you. He wanted to know – He's my booking agent. He wanted to know if <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to know well, if thanks, you've Steve, had more sightings of UFOs in America or over in New Zealand, or is it about the same? Um, and the same with Bigfoot sightings. Did you see more in America, or is there more in New Zealand? New Zealand. How was that? How's your experience? Um, well, I had. I've had more stuff, actually, ironically, in New Zealand. It started by Skinwalker Ranch. That was my first. But I, I lived in the desert. There's very few recorded accounts of any kind of Bigfoot activity in the desert. Of course, if you go into the, the high desert, you know, like over in California and the higher areas of um, Nevada. Um, but I, yeah, I had more of the Bigfoot kind of stuff back here. And in fact, 
it ramped up. Uh, I, I began to get contacted by many witnesses. Now, there's a big stigma here in New Zealand about talking about Bigfoot. People will really make fun of you. I mean, there was even a show that they put out, um, basically a mocking that. Destination Truth. Yeah. So, um, sorry. so I, I, I'm sorry. I'm go ahead. To that. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm good. Your question, I'm one of those Steve, weird hopefully. people, so, you know, I get made fun of all the time. So it's, it's okay. Yeah, um, it's it's really, um, there's a real stigma here. Um, people are afraid they're going to lose their jobs. But I've been con- oh. contacted from people who work in the government. I've been contacted by uh, hikers, uh, hunters. And I've been started working on a documentary. I've been compiling, because this stuff is so amazing. Not only is, yeah. is, is this Bigfoot stuff amazing, there's also this UFO stuff happening that is layering over the top. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I mean, there's a lot to discuss, and I'm, I know I'm kind of like trying to, you know, push it, you know, get as much oh, information. You're fine. Um, uh, you're doing. <laughs> I know it can be fine. a bit of a mouth. But... I'm listening to you, but I'm looking at people people's questions because some people have questions in the comment area. Like yes. one of my friends, she actually thinks that Bigfoot. They're act. She actually thinks that they're feral people. What's your thought? Well, if we. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I think if we'd say feral people, they can survive in the wilderness. They don't need to wear clothing. They don't need tools like us. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to use that definition, then that certainly fits that. They don't need to wear shoes. You know, I, for whatever reason, they just, right. you know, the, the wilderness is their home. Right. I mean, they can, right. go, they, yeah. they can go places to work camp. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, do y'all have like, like over here, we have like Bigfoot. I, w- I don't want to say festivals; that's the wrong word. But somebody could in the comments would correct me. But do y'all have like stuff like that, like where you know people gather and it's they just it's like a I want to say paracon, but it's real. Is it considered a paracon? Do y'all have stuff like that over there where um, y'all get together and, or is it just that it, taboo where you can't do that? It, it's so, it's so taboo here. Uh, look, people gotcha. won't even talk to their spouses. Uh, that's how bad it is. And people, if they talk, they tell you about the encounter. They'll they'll whisper it to you. They'll send a private message through Facebook. I mean, that's how bad it is here. I hope to help break that stigma that that surrounds that subject. Right, right. Because it's there. I think it's getting a little bit more open in the U.S. with people. I know that they you know, have, I don't know if John Sullivan's watching or not. I know they got, like, um, conventions, Bigfoot conventions here where everybody gets together and, you know, compares research and does different things like that. So, Yeah, no, unfortunately, unfortunately, everything's done mostly under the cover here. I mean, there has been authors that have written about Bigfoot here. Uh, There was a story... um, uh, and in one of the newspapers here in 1952, the Taranaki Daily News, I believe it was February 5th of uh, 1952, there was a sighting of uh, from um, two hunters hunting pigs over in the Coromandel Peninsula. They saw something that looked like, uh, they, they said, a, a gorilla, uh, some sort of wild man. And uh, there was a bit of a, um, uh, you know, a back and forth on this, and it was thought that this was a possible escaped gorilla that escaped um, from a ship um, in uh, 1924, a place called Wairo, um, Coromandel. But the sightings um, have been seen after that and before that. 
Um, you know, the modern sightings, you, you almost never hear of them in the media here. Gotcha. See, we they do side they do all kinds of stuff here. I mean, if people if people send it in, they'll they'll put it out there. Our media does. They're just like I said. I think it's a little bit more open here than there. How how long have well, you been I'm, in this field of work, if you don't mind me asking? Well, I've been involved with the paranormal for well over 15 years. I mean, I work with a psychic medium, helping do clearings. I've worked with paranormal teams. I've helped with um, many possessions. Um, or I've seen some stuff that we might, out of a horror movie, some very frightening stuff. I've had experiences with people who have passed on. Um, I, I've had a lot of stuff across the gamut. So, I, you know, I want answers. Uh you know, you open Pandora's dock, uh, box. You don't never know what might come out if you're going on an investigation. That's true. That's true. The one one of the questions one of our viewers has is, why haven't any Bigfoot remains been found, and how do we know that they don't bury their dead like us? Well, that's a good question that people have asked before. They are highly intelligent beings probably equal or even greater than us very intelligent um if they you know have a ritual where they bury their dead i mean they they have tribal family units and um they you know they my opinion is that they bury them they you know they give respect to their dead just like we do right well, how do you think this is going to be really off the wall? Because, you know, when you start talking UFOs and Bigfoot, people look at you sometimes sideways, like, what the hell are y'all talking about? But I wonder how that works in the alien realm. I mean, I mean, there's been so many well, sightings of UFOs. I mean, I have pictures. I don't have what you have, that footage at all. But, I mean, I do have a couple pictures you know, that I took because well, I felt like I was watched yeah. by something one night, and I, I started snapping pictures. I don't know why. I just felt like I walked out of a store, and I felt like something was watching me from above, if that makes sense. And, and when I got home, I started looking at my pictures, and I see these two light formalities in the sky. And at first I thought, well, maybe that's light, you know, light reflecting, but it's not. And I've seen it again in Williamsburg. I did get that on my body cam. When I went to the manor house, there was some unusual objects. They were just, they didn't move. They just were still. And even it caught our eye, you know. So we're seeing more and more of it here. But what is your thoughts on that? Do you think they do the same thing? Or is that a well, not- this a well, this is something, you know, you know, a question asked by people like uh, John Keel, um, who wrote The Mothman Prophecies. Uh, you know, there seems to be a connection between UFOs and this other phenomenon. If you experience paranormal, there's a chance you can also experience some of this other stuff. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it opens something uh, up mm-hmm. psychically inside of us that gives them permission to somehow maybe if we're more comfortable with that kind of stuff maybe it will more likely make itself known to us right well do you think that and this is going to be another off the wall question but these are questions that people have asked you know when I go into different groups I'll see you know somebody might post something 
like, you know, um, if you could get a message from the universe, what could it be? I mean, I see stuff like that in different groups and people post all the time. Do you think that there's different life out there or do other people or other species exist? And my answer to that is always yes. But do you think that, that any people are put down here from UFO? Well, from what I experience, I would say a big yes, underlined bold. Um, from what I've experienced and the activity that I've experienced, mm-hmm. my contact has ramped up um, with these with these beings. Um, you know, I, I look I, when I was younger, I never thought I was going to have any, anything like UFO contact. I mean, yes, I had paranormal stuff, but um, I was totally shocked when my devices. Uh, I look in these Bigfoot areas. I started picking up voices calling out my name. Some of them came through like electronic voice phenomena. Uh, some of the voices were very deep. They would say they'd call, try to call me up. Um, I, I suspect that they have um, uh, underground bases. Now, while I'm doing ITC, I have been told about I, um, underground bases. And they have names for the, the different types of crafts that they have. Um, I've caught them um, several times on camera. Um, Apparently, they have enemies just like we do. Um, it would be very dangerous uh, for them to be captured by us. Uh, very, very dangerous. So they are very careful about landing. Um, look, the stuff, recent stuff has happened. I've recorded them even trying to take me. Um, they're basically, uh, if you've heard that recording, um, I got well over 200 messages on one day basically telling me, there's a ship, go to it. Um, they're saying, you come in doubt. Are, these beings are communicating with each other. They're talking about me, um, and they can they can actually reach out and, and invite you into their their world for whatever reason. And um, I, I have caught some of these craft. I mean, one of the crafts uh, I caught actually, ironically, in the Bigfoot area, uh, Mount Moyhow in the Coromandel Peninsula, is actually has a history of the Bigfoot. Um, this actually is where I saw a giant spherical craft in April of 2017. I went there to do B-roll footage. Instead, I see this giant sphere, and uh, I couldn't get my camera out for that. But I, um, I did do as I did my B-roll. There was these other smaller scout craft moving like a Mark III. Now, how do I know they're moving Mark III plus? Well, I did measurements according to the time traveled on um, Google Earth. These things were going like Mark III. There was no sonic boom. Um, one of the sources does a mid-air flip at Mark III. Do we have any technology that can do that? No. We don't have anything like that. So it's really strange that the, I go to these historical areas where the Mari talked about the fairy people, the Pataperihe, the Bigfoot people, the Moyhaus, That Why am I getting UFOs in these areas? And right. now I'm getting, not only am I getting that, I'm getting voices that are calling my name. And this is in areas that the that have no tracks, they have, they are very dangerous again. I mean, I've slipped, nearly busted my knee, climbing through these areas, very dangerous areas. Um, I'm, I'm actually recording some of the stuff that's going on. It's astounding. So, I mean, it's like something out of a movie. Right. I know your, the, your YouTube video, you know, I didn't, I watched that one. I wanted to watch some more, but I, I got kind of short with time in these stupid storms that we had over here, so I'll be watching some of them. They were just fascinating to me, and some of the places that you went was really, really just neat 
to me. I don't know why I find it fa- so fascinating. Well, you're you're I guess it's paranormal. I, mean, I find fa- paranormal fascinating too. Um, it's just something I I, mean, I we, want to yeah. hear about. I mean, we're all we're all gonna die. So I mean, I would rather <laughs> I'd rather know uh, if there's something good. I mean, I did write a paper on near-death experiences when I was in university, but, yeah, I'd rather, you know, a lot of these experiences people have, uh, you know, people about to die, they see loved ones, they have out-of-body, I mean, I've had out-of-body experience. I've, I've met people, our relatives I've never met. I met in the dream state, and they used a skeptic, ironically, of all people, to send a picture, me a picture of them the next day to confirm to me that, hey, this experience happened. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's neat. <laughs> yeah. But it's fascinating. Uh, but I know what it's, I, it's a, I plan to haunt people. That that's my ultimate goal. If something if something happens to me, I'm coming back to haunt people. I already know I can do that. <laughs> yeah, as long as they don't come after you when they're a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right. So I'm I'm going back to the manor house, Dave, just be prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> So you're, are you um, work, um, a couple questions. Um, let me see. Let me go back in. Kimberly asked, do they speak English then? Um, yes, they can. Um, but they have, um, during ITC, they have their own accent. And some of these voices that I pick up do not sound human. They do not. They they call themselves Azimos, which I mean, which I think are aliens. But they say uh, humans kill Azimos. I mean, I've recorded this. Um, so I don't know. Is Azimo they calling it a Bigfoot? Uh, is it? Look, uh, there's so much going on. It's hard for me to differentiate necessarily which civilization we're dealing with. <laughs> she also asked, "What? Wait a minute. What background sounds? What the background sounds he's recording? I don't. Kim, you got to rephrase that. It doesn't make sense. It's." What the background sounds is he record is he recording? I guess when we were talk when you were talking about the the um I guess when you were talking about some of your recordings, she'll put it back in the comments on what she's talking about. It's the what the background sounds. Well, um, and recently, where I've captured these voices calling my name. Um, I'm using a parabolic dish with a professional wildlife mic that is shielded from EMF and radio frequencies. Okay. Uh, I tend to point it towards the ground. Um, that's uh, what I use um, that, that picks them up pretty well. But I, I hear movement like like they slip and they'll catch themselves. I hear the, the bipedal footsteps. Sometimes there's tree knocks. Some of the stuff is associated with Bigfoot, though. Some of the stuff, the stone clacks. Uh, some of the voices are very deep. Um, on my old channel, under my name, Mark Capel, I actually have a video called Sasquatch Interaction New Zealand. They actually, you can hear, uh, if you listen through the headphones, you can hear a very deep set of lungs. You can see where the trees have been snapped down. You can hear the bipedal footsteps. You can hear the tree knocks. You can hear them, them, them call my name. They respond to me. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It's astounding stuff, but they're very careful about with us humans. They're very very careful uh, about revealing too much. I got you. So, yeah, she's saying um, 
she asked if you had tested any of the recordings to see where they register on the MH megahertz. Um, I, offhand, I can't remember offhand. Uh, sometimes I'll take them into programs like Audacity to try to ramp them up. Something very strange happening now. This is for anybody that does panel investigating. Try a parabolic dish. Because I'm actually picking up this, this particular man by the name of Matthew. When you watch that video, uh, Skinwalker Ranch, or was it? Um, Hitchhiker's video. Um, this man by the name of Matthew, he's some sort of um, liaison officer. He talks about my father who's about to die. He talks about the UFO that he travels with. When he came through, I could not hear him at all. But he comes across very strong, and I don't understand why that is. Yeah, am I dealing with something from another dimension? Um, I, and I have all these questions at the back of my mind, and I'm trying to understand what's going on. Right. What was the name of that again? Can you repeat that? Oh, the uh, the device I was using? Huh? Yeah, I was using a parabolic um, dish. Uh, there's okay. different ones, different sizes you can get, but they're shielded from EMF and RF. Because uh, some people will say, well, that you're, you're getting something from a stray radio signal. And, you know, it's good to debunk what you've got. But I tell you what, they talk, talk about taking you. There's a ship. Go to it. They're calling your name. Some of these voices are very deep. Some of them are talking amongst themselves. Uh, sometimes I do get strange languages. Now, they are aware that I'm right there. So when they do communicate, I guess they make sure that I understand what they're they're talking about when I do ITC though they talk about places that I can't Google. They talk about underground pyramids. They talk about what oh, wow. they talk about the names of some of their craft. Uh, one of those they call U-boat. I don't know why they name them after the U-boat. Uh, they'll use phrases that we don't use in our generation. That's weird. They use old old phrases. Yeah. So- I mean, it can happen. Happen the paranormal too. I mean, you can get spirit from the 1800s. And they may oh, yeah. use, use dialogue from that period, from that time period. Right, that, right, that I don't even understand. <laughs> Steve yeah. wanted to know. All right, he's got another booking agent question. What location in Auckland would be considered one of the most haunted? Well, to be honest, I, I have not done a lot of paranormal investigating um, since I've come back um, to Auckland. Um, they used to have a ghost tour here, but I guess it went out. They went, it died, um, ironically. But um, this place is like the Civic Theatre that has a, a ghost there. I've gone. Um, I actually did a video on this on the Waikamiti Cemetery, one of the largest cemeteries in uh, the Southern Hemisphere. There's um, there's like eighteen thousand people buried there. Some from the Spanish influenza. Um, and I've I've got all kinds of response from spirits. I've been there by myself, a very big cemetery. Um, so that's one place that I recommend going. I, I, as a sensitive, I've walked around there. I've been in areas there. I felt sick to my stomach. I had to leave immediately. I felt so ill. I had to get out of there. Um, so I've, I actually saw, uh, actually during the day, I was driving right through Waikamata Cemetery, and I see this mist go right through these, these gravestones. Now, no, there's nobody else there. There's nobody smoking. There's no low-lying clouds. Uh, no one else around. I see this mist move very quickly. I'm driving, you know, I'm just driving through, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, darn it. I don't even have a camera to capture it, you know. It's one of those, you know, WTF moments, you know. <laughs> right. 
What kind of equipment do you use when you go out on, on when you are doing your stuff? I noticed that in your YouTube videos you did name some of your equipment and I was actually looking some of it up. What's what's one of your most favorite pieces of equipment that you like to use when you do your research? Um, I um I, you know, I, I like ITC stuff, so I go with um, you know recorders like EVPs, or I go with ITC. Really, I want intelligent communication and to understand what's going on. So I use um, a PSB7 spirit box with two layers of uh, Faraday uh, material to help keep out. Um, str- I don't want false positives, is what I'm saying. But I tend to go for more of the audio. I, you know, I do uh, wear sometimes contour point of view cameras, uh, which actually I use when I uh, do the uh, the Bigfoot research as well. Gotcha. So what what kind of got you into what you're doing? I mean, I know you talked about having a lot of paranormal experiences. Is that kind of what got you into, you know, what you're doing now or your research? Yeah, I was forced into it as a kid. I mean, I've had experience with some of the um, the wraiths, the hooded ones um, that appeared, um, that, that approached uh, the bedroom I was sleeping in. Um, I just got woken out of a very deep sleep. I had two dogs that started growling, shaking. The dogs were panicking. This Whatever this entity was, um, it, it, it appeared to be very dark, very tall, hooded. I couldn't see a face. Um, I was terrified, so I had experience with that. We also something like uh, uh, then somebody died that morning that we knew, uh, and also uh, a poltergeist outbreak in the house in the 80s. Uh, we're forced out of our house quite rudely. Um, uh, one of the neighbours actually saw the entity was over for dinner one night, and so I, I was forced into it um, quite rudely, and um, so I, I wanted answers, and then I had experiences with people who have passed on. Some, you know, I had never had no knowledge of. Some of the people that that knew about them were quite shocked that that I knew about certain things. Mm-hmm. Was that with your experiences and where you were forced out? Was that like by a poltergeist, or what was that by? Yeah, poltergeist-related phenomenon. Um, I came to find out that uh, a neighbor and somebody else in the family had been using the Ouija board. And apparently gotcha. the planchet started going got going crazy, and you know I didn't know I, you know I only found out about this after the fact. But um, strange things like footsteps going upstairs in the house, uh, door door handles trying to open, hearing voices calling my name like that. Um, it, it was scary to be by home by yourself, and when you hear these footsteps head towards you, uh, and you're right. alone, that that can be pretty freaky. Well, yeah, and then when you're forced into to doing things, but maybe maybe I guess things had to happen that way because that was maybe your purpose to get more research out, you know, get things out to help other people understand. Yeah, but could be, could be. Um, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I share. I'm sure you, as you do, you know, we share our findings with others, and hopefully it. It helps people, especially people that are going through, you know, sheer terror. I mean, you could do paranormal investigating, but, you know, if you go to actually remove these entities, once you've determined there's something going on there that's, you know, not, hasn't have a rational explanation, 
these things can come after you as well. So, you know, psychic self-defense is very important. And you may experience stuff that, you know, people will never experience. Some of these, some of these entities are very, very strong, very dangerous. I've seen people nearly get killed. Uh, I've seen all kinds of like possession kind of stuff and um, uh, had to battle these things. So, so I, I, I'm pretty good when I'm around other other being around these beings. I can pick up pretty quick um, if something's very bad, malevolent. Um, um, right. Because some people will say to me, some some people will say, well, your know, Bigfoot's a demon. You know, some people uh, will say that. Uh, you know, out, 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 whatever reason. But I, I don't. I've been out there many times and never had anything bad. And uh, I can I can pick up pretty much that they they don't mean me no harm. In fact, they've saved my life. I mean, I've had stuff just, it's just, as I said, this stuff is like out of a movie. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's fascinating. Like, um, when I do some paranormal, when I when I go to different investigations, like we go to Old House Woods and Matthews, I've been to the Manor House, I've been to places in New Kent, and it's like I have one particular spirit that follows me around because I'm always picking him up on my app that I use. And he get he has a specific name. Kimberly and I joke about it, and we're like, "Oh, that's her boyfriend out in Old House Woods." But he comes across it in other areas, and I just think it's amazing. Like with your footage, that you know they know you by name. That just that's and and it happens with me. You know, like at the cabin or different places that I go, they actually call my name. It's like they know that I've been there already. Now I haven't yes, done any yeah. U.S research or Bigfoot research or anything like that, I have always found it intriguing. I've never, I wouldn't even begin to know where to start research with that because I just do a lot of the paranormal stuff, but it's just neat how that crosses over into what you're, what you're doing. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to understand what's going on, what, what's the connection with all of this. No, and um, right. I, you know, when I was in America, I wasn't, you know, I kind of wish I had when I looked back on it, but I didn't really have a proactive interest in Bigfoot. You know, I, I didn't research or anything like, even after the, my Skinwalker Ranch experience, I kind of thought, well, that's weird. And I didn't really start getting into it. Uh, and then once I got that message to accept them, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty out there. That's pretty brazen. Right. Well, you can always come back to uh, to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the, about to visit. <laughs> yeah, I, I just—it's just so interesting. I mean, in all the places you have over there too, like the Washu Club in Virginia City, and you know, you've got some pretty cool places over there that I've gone to uh, when I lived over there too. Yeah, I've only I been met to some really places. interesting people. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, I've been to little places. I haven't been to, like, I have places on my bucket list that I want to go to, but I haven't been to them. So I've kind of been to places locally around here. I haven't been to a lot of the big places where a lot of people end up going because I just haven't been. But I like doing the research locally at Old House Woods. We have to get back out in the field and test some theories there, the Manor House, you know, different historical places. It can be quite fascinating when you look into the history, um, the connection, you know, in hauntings. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. like the spirits, any spirits that people see them in that. 
Yeah, I mean, and, I do uh, have yeah, my I, mean, I suppose I could go outside in the cold, but right now it's too cold for me to go out there. That's 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 a it, that's a question. Okay, so you know how paranormal stuff as it gets colder, you know, the earth, the energy of the earth or whatever dies down, so some of the spirit, the paranormal activity dies down too. Does that happen with UFOs? Do you think? Yeah, you know, I can't Yeah, I can't say I can't say I've uh I had a lot of stuff happen um uh, around April um and in the beginning of the year. So yeah, I can't say uh, I, I can't say that there is a pattern from uh, what I've observed. Yeah, yeah. Kimberly and I were testing some theories out in Old House Woods, which is in Matthews, Virginia, um, and she had been testing theories of when you know the activity picks up and when it dies down. You know, when it's when it's more active than normal. So we were kind of documenting that stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the stuff has happened here, like uh, you know, around summertime. Our, you know, December, January is our summertime. So the stuff I've had is you know around there. But I, I get stuff. I mean, all, all this contact in the wild, I get year round. I mean, you can hear them calling out to me, "Hey, Mark, Elsa likes you." I mean, this, this stuff is incredible. <laughs> I mean, I, I can even hear it. I mean, I don't. It's not all this EVP stuff. I mean, I can hear some yeah. of this, and so that's uh, wild. Like, yeah, you can't have a big foot girlfriend. You know, maybe you got one of them that have a crush on you or something. You never know. Um, yeah, I used to wake up. I used to wake up when I lived in Las Vegas. I'd wake up and there was a spirit woman lying next to me in the bed. I mean, that was pretty <laughs> freaky. Or having a, a, pair, a pair of white eyes staring at you. You know, that's <laughs> that's pretty freaky. <laughs> but yeah, I've had a lot of like, let's just say, erotic stuff come through. Uh, directed directly at me, uh, stuff that wouldn't be permitted on airways. I mean, stuff that I, I'm too, just too embarrassed to bring right, up. Right, right. <laughs> I understand. I understand what you're talking about. You don't. You don't have to. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this yep. is not stuff coming from radio, folks. This is stuff that you know, uh, you know that it's not permitted on the airway. A lot of the spirits, or they they say stuff that's not PC, too. You know, like like this um, other civilization, these other beings, they they're not PC at all. I mean, they're I can tell they're not they're they're not from our civilization. They have their own right. accents and uh, the ways of saying things. They're broken English and that. It's very interesting. Well, have you have you ever been in like have they ever tried to entice you to come on their aircraft? I mean, have you ever gotten close and went? Um. This this is the big question mark. Um, they have told me via ICC that they have taken me, but I have no memory of it. Um, gotcha. They say that they wear armor. They wear, I asked them, well, how do you survive those G-force and those crafts? They say they wear a certain kind of jumpsuit. They're worried about me because I'll have a panic attack because I've I've been thrown back in my body and I get I get the same feeling in a in a, a, roller cro- a roller coaster or, or a plane. So they said that we worry you, you're going to kill someone because you'll panic with how fast our, our, our craft move. They say that their craft can move faster than light, light, light speed if they need to. Right. That's wild. That is really wild. Yeah, but um, 
but they they say again and again and again and again that they're gonna they're gonna take me, and you just hear these recordings. They're calling my name. Um, it's just it's fascinating, and um, stuff can be going on around you that you're not aware of. Um, that's another thing. And, and so, so me, I'm asking, well, is this something that's happening from another dimension that they have right. the ability to cross into our dimension, like what we might call a ghost or a spirit? I don't know. I'm trying to understand. I, I mean, I have a lot of a lot more questions than I do have answers. Yeah, I I, I question that too. Um, are they able to step out of their dimension and come into ours? When I do readings, I'm just I'm seeing most of the spirit in my you know in my third eye. And so, like, people yep. think it's right in front of me, and it's not. I feel the energy around me, and I see it in my third eye. So it's, you yep. know, I question, you know, can they, well, I don't know. I guess they can step in from one dimension into another. I mean. Well, yeah. over at Skinwalker Ranch, the study over there, there were footprints that would go along when they would stop, like in the snow, yeah. or the hoof, like, like they would just disappear. If you get the skull experiments over in England showed that um, airports, items could be brought through from other dimensions. Um, the skull experiment, a uh, five-year study into the paranormal, uh, showed yeah. that there was an, almost 100 objects airported from another dimension. How are they doing that? I don't know. Right. I mean, and, uh, well, the I mean, UFOs I... are probably doing... Go I'm ahead. sorry. I was going to say I agree with one of the viewers. I mean, there's stuff happening around us all the time. I, that part I know. I just know when I do my readings, that's what happens with me. So. Yeah. But we've I've, about I've, we have about two yep. minutes. We got about two minutes yep. left before I have to get off of the air. Time flies when I when I do shows that I really like doing. I swear. Do you have like um? Do you have like a Facebook page or? A place where people can go and do you? I mean, I know you got. What's your YouTube channel information for our viewers? Yeah, well, well, you could type in "Mountain of Entities" in, in the search bar in YouTube, or you can go to mountainofentities.com. At the top, there's a YouTube link. There's a contact. There's a, you know a bunch of articles in there of the some of the stuff that's going on. I've done interviews with people sometimes. Um, uh, I have a couple of Facebook groups. Uh, one called Moyhow Man, M-O-E-H-A-U, Moyhow Man, New Zealand's Bigfoot. I also have one called Haunted Man. Um, you can type, you know, type in my name and that, and you can join those. I post things that are not just about me and what I'm doing, but I'm interested in what you know other people are getting too. Okay, well that's really cool. I know I subscribed to your YouTube page the other day, so I'll look for the rest of your stuff. Because um, I know that you sent me a lot in email, but a lot of that stuff would not, like I told you, I was having so many technical difficulties with that, it wasn't let me download what I wanted to actually hear. But when you sent it to me in Messenger, it was a little bit better. So I'll post some of your stuff on my Facebook and on my Vibe Time page so that people will know who you are. And that way, y'all can, you know, can compare experiences. That would be really neat. I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Jerry. Yes. And, um, Mark, I appreciate you coming on my show. Um, I'm hoping one day I'll be able to get you back on because it just doesn't seem like the hour was long enough. <laughs> uh, it, it goes it goes fast. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Yes. Yes. So, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on with me and talk about, you know, the unknown. 
Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Jerry. Yes, and I will um, post all your stuff on my Vibe Time page. Okay, that's fantastic. All right, well, thank you. Okay, have a good uh, good one, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. Good night. Tonight on the Freaking Awesome Show, we are talking with paranormal investigator David Flowers. Let's do this. I was a hard-drinking sinner with blood on my hands. I was a hard-drinking sinner, a gun in my hands, drinking 40 pounds for dinner till I met a big man.
Hello, all you freaks out there. This is Ryan. This is Angie. Yes, Angie is here with me right now. We are. Yes. <laughs> we are uh, dealing with the uh, with the COVID. Well, she is. I'm not. Yes, Mr. Ryan here thinks he is invincible. COVID proof. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I want people getting upset with me. But she is. Uh, we we had some what like last week or something. Thursday. Last Thursday. And uh, trying to keep uh, RJ away from her has not been easy. But we're making we're making do, you know. So welcome to 2022. Woo-hoo! You know, I, feel, I have that song. Every time, every time I say that date, I think of that song by Taylor Swift. No, oh my God. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 2022. I feel like it's 2022. Please, please just stop. That should be our theme song. <laughs> no. Oh, this year has been quite, quite a doozy. Had a nice uh, snowstorm yesterday. Yeah, the kids are out of school for three days now. Yeah, Kimmy hasn't been to school in six months, it feels like. <laughs> it was really nice, though. I got the chance to drive out to uh, the cabin on 360 to uh, pick up the trash and uh, take a little stroll through the woods and take some pictures. That was really that was really fun. And, um, yeah, definitely enjoyed it. The snow's pretty much gone now. Just... A bunch of flush out there right now. I don't remember what Audrey said, but it was either I snow think. or sleet that they're calling for Thursday night. What well, is? Yeah. Kimmy said they're calling for more snow or sleet here on Thursday. We'll see what happens. Oh. Really? Yeah. I think I've gotten past like the snow. like I used to love snow, and I like it. I like watching it. I like it's really pretty, but when once you have to go outside and be in it, you kind of so lose. Is it? it loses its luster. Like I went to. Walmart yesterday, and walking back into the car, it was like just slush everywhere. My shoes were covered, and like it was just not fun. Not as much fun as it used to be <laughs> when I was a kid. Used to be a blast. I mean, you get up, you know, you get up in the morning, and you uh, you see, you look at the school closings, and you look for Henrico County for me. Excited. Yeah, I'm like, oh, there, oh, there's Hanover. Please say Enrico. Please say Enrico. There it is. Enrico County closed. And we're like, yes. Call our friends up. We're out of school. Woo-hoo. Yeah. I feel like, like this county was like one of the ones that would like get like a threat of snow. And they're like, nope, shut it down. <laughs> now they call. Now they send the email out. I think I think the thing happened to watch the news until the school closings come on. This builds character. <laughs> make you make you sweat, you know? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're not going to close ours. They're closing Caroline County, but not closing Henrico. Oh, you know. Then you get pissed off because one, one county's closed and you're not. <laughs> That's not fair. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> I did. That, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I, I, that's Jerry. I changed her name to Jill. Because Chris Garcia, our guest last week, kept calling her Jill. So I changed her name. Yeah, I changed her name. You were there. 
I changed her name to Jill on on the uh, Facebook. A little bit of uh, if you were there last week, you know. If you know, you know. So, so I got my uh, snow school. Snow oh, wait. Day ran no. out the way. What? It was Tuesday. Tuesday was the day that my symptoms started. Because yeah. I was supposed to be on the show, but like, I right. just started feeling horrible. You felt like you were hit by like a mat truck. I mean, you yeah, talking, saying you were like dizzy. I thought it was the flu. You were hit by a truck and run back over. Yeah, it was yeah. horrible. Except yeah, you got sick a few weeks, a few months ago, no, a few years ago, and you and it's you thought it, and you got really sick all of a sudden because we were at Chili's. Yeah. And we had gone out to lunch. Warm. Yeah. Which is pretty much how you've been feeling for the past few days. Oh God, if this fever does not stop at some point. Like. It just keeps coming and going. Coming, mm. It's horrible. It comes and goes like the karma chameleon. I'm probably not going to make it through this whole show. Probably not. I got your, got your back up here. Kimmy's here <laughs> with us. Um, but I figured, you know what? Let's start 2022 out with a bang. Let's mm-hmm. let's go all out. Let's go hardcore into 2022. So I all I right. I uh, got on the book of faces. I messaged David Flowers research and. I think he runs the Manor House, or he does something with the Manor House that Jerry always goes to, cool, and does her her live streams from. So I'm like, let's ha- let's let's throw let's get him on let's get them on the show. Let's do let's it. Let's talk about the Manor House. And I just get 2022 started off on the right foot or the left foot, depending on how you walk. So I'm go ahead and put him on the show right now, and let's get this party started. Hello. Hello. Welcome, bro. How are you? Thanks. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Man, I am great. So good. Good. This house is sick good. I'm in right now. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to hear that. No, it's all good. Well, maybe it's not all good. Yeah. But this too shall pass. Yeah. It, it's one of those things, you know, we're dealing with it. And, uh, it's going to pass like it's a Mack truck and I'm a Fiat, but it's going to yeah. pass. Yes. Yes. Taking a sweet time, that's for sure. Yeah, good. So, uh, how was your New Year's? It was very uneventful. Good. Very. So it was odd. Yeah, New Yeah, my wife was in bed by nine o'clock. We were. Yeah, we were seriously probably in. Like we weren't sleeping, but we were in bed by eight thirty. Yeah. 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 It was. It was an early night. Only thing that kept me away. We. I, you know, I knew New Year's was coming, so I kind of stayed awake for that. But. As soon as like New Year's the midnight struck, it's square. It sounded like there's a battle going on outside. Oh yeah, outside our apartment. I don't know if they're fire yeah. people just freaking shooting guns up in the air, but it sounded like freaking Battle of Gettysburg the moment in our backyard. Out, there people screaming, and then like a couple months after that, it was just, like a bunch of like fireworks or something. It was. Uh, did you have a problem with fireworks down there? Where are oh, fires yeah. going off? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was fireworks or if it was firearms, but something was going off around the house. It was it was too not... fast for us. It was too fast of like like for it to be fireworks, and it was like it happened like like too many times in a row for it to be. It's just I haven't heard I've never heard fireworks go off so fast. Yeah, well, the one time I heard stoppage. it. Yeah, the, you know, one time I heard it, and uh, shortly after that I heard the 
police siren. So, well, kind of kind of put two and two together on that one. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't think I heard any police sirens. Yeah, we we weren't so lucky off. up here. They were like, just let them go off. Yeah. Let them go. That's what so I, I say. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, at a certain point, because it, it got, it was got to be like 1230, they're still going off. They're like, all right, come on now. <laughs> we're past. Yeah. And at least in the of happiness right now. Yeah. Can't imagine people with dogs. They're probably freaking out. Yeah, my my dog, he he was right up underneath me all night. I got my yeah, uh, he's my not a lap. Yeah, my my dog's a ninety pound lap dog. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that that was fun. Yeah. 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 Well, like, you have one of those like sweater things that you put on the dogs when they when they get uh, scared. Like those. No. I... I've got. I don't have one of those. He just crawls up in my lap and he's fine. Okay. And uh, some dogs, like Dennis, he's got a. He's had a dog. Well, he had. I don't know if it's still. He's still that way. But this dog, man, they got. Especially like during Fourth of July, she's got to wear the. The sweater, to keep her calm. Yeah. Hmm. So. So how did you uh, just get started? Uh, Back you talking about the paranormal and stuff. How did you get into the into the paranormal? Did you watch the shows when you were a kid? Did you were were you into like like reading the books? Well, how did you get into it? Well, when I was a kid, they didn't have any paranormal shows. But um, I grew up in a small town in Texas, and when I say a small town, it it was literally one square mile. Oh wow, that's small so town. There yeah, yeah. I had nineteen in my graduating class. Yeah, so there really wasn't a whole lot to do, and there's an old abandoned farmhouse right outside of town that everybody said was haunted, and one night I went out there just on a whim and just seeing if I could see anything, and I looked in one of the windows, and there's a rocking chair rocking, and wow, that kind of scared me. Yeah, it kind of scared me at the time because I'm a senior in high school and wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be seeing stuff like that, but... I, after that, I just started wanting to see more, and I started doing more, and I wanted to trying to find out why and what's causing it and everything else, and it just kind of snowballed. And I've been lucky enough to travel quite a bit to do and, and able to do some of this stuff all over. So were you by yourself so just, when you saw the the the, the rocking chair, or I was, with a group I was, of people? I was by, I was by myself. Is the, the other guy, the other guys and my my buddies and friends, they they really weren't in, interested in going out there. I think mm-hmm. they were more scared than I was, but <laughs> so I, just, I just went by myself. So when you told your friends, did you tell your friends about it? They're like, holy crap. When you told your friends about it, were they like, "Oh crap"? Were they? Did they believe you, or what? How'd that uh, go? They, they really didn't believe me. They, they thought I was making it up. Because that, that's pretty wild. You, you see that, but I, I assured them I didn't. I, 
offered to go back out there with them, but they wouldn't do it. So they, they said they didn't believe me, but I think they were erring on the side of caution. Yeah, well, I, I, I got to understand that. You know, they uh still, I mean, that's still pretty interesting. You know, I, I've, I've been investigating. I've never seen anything like that. I've, I've caught stuff on EVPs and stuff like that, but I guess it's like the going someplace and being there at the right time. Right place, exactly. right time. Because yeah. who knows? You're, you're absolutely right. Maybe you showed up an hour later, the, the chair wouldn't wouldn't have been rocking. Or maybe you're meant to you're meant to see it, and they weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it's, it, it, one or the other. I I can't really say which. And with me just being a, a, a senior in high school, I didn't check to find out what was causing that chair to move. If there's anything natural causing it. Yeah. All I know is I saw a rocking chair rocking that shouldn't have been rocking. But I, yeah. I don't th- I know I know there was no electricity going to the building and it didn't have AC. So it wasn't a vent blowing. Now I don't think there is any windows open to cause it to rock, but I I don't know for sure. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you it was a ghost some old lady in that rocking chair making it do it, but I don't honestly. I don't know what was causing it. Yeah, because when you're there, you know you're excited. You generally you're not gonna stop and think. Well, the weather is this this tonight. Oh, the the uh, the barometer could could mean this or that. You don't gonna you're not gonna think about it scientifically, especially when you're that age. You're just like, oh crap, this rocking. I'm getting the, I'm getting the heck out of here. Did you stick around yes. or were you like, okay, I'm gone? No, I was gone. I was gone. I couldn't okay, get my yeah. car fast enough. Yeah. I'm sure your heart was beating like a mile a minute just walking up to the freaking house. And then you see the rocking yeah. oh, chair yeah. moving. Like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck, bro. All right, I'm going. Yeah, yeah. And plus, it it was in the middle of the night. I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Trespassing's not good either. Yeah. So, so you're already on edge. Yep. Dumb, kid, dumb things kids do. No. Well, you know what? It's you know, compared to what things kids do, you know, these days, it's that's you know, way down the list yeah. of bad things. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely uh, right. So after you saw this, the the rocking chair, did you did you start like really getting into it? Like, did you like yeah, the world? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I actually I went out there another time and I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after that, I, I left for the Navy, and I got to do it a little bit overseas. Uh, probably the the most exciting place I I did it is was inside the pyramids in Egypt. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, and I, I had my. I, yeah, I had my tape recorder with me on on that one, and just a little bit, a little, little small tape recorder with the mini cassettes. Yeah, yeah. And there were, there were other people in the chamber with me because it was just one big empty chamber because they they'd taken out all the everything that was in there it was just in an empty room, and I was asking some questions and. 
I got some things that I could not understand. It's like it was a different language. But on the other hand, there there was other people in that room with me that they were just there doing their thing, and I could have caught them talking. I don't know. Because it like yeah, this, that that was back in 1987, and technology wasn't that great back then. Man. Yeah, because back then, man, you were basically, yeah, you, all I had was like, like a tape recorder, like, and, yeah. uh, and a Polaroid. Crazy back then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some people still yeah, swear by that equipment, though. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go with the Polaroid anymore, because I just, uh, your picture, the picture quality really is not good with a Polaroid. Now, 35 millimeters, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with the 35 millimeter, just not the Polaroid. Just, like I said, Polaroid quality is very poor. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know. If I saw a, a someone took a Polaroid of me and there's someone standing behind me that wasn't there, I'd be kind of, that would be kind of uh, intriguing evidence, though, I have yeah. to admit. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's very true, very true on that. You know, I'm not good with cameras. I don't know how well, like, as far as, like, manipulation of photographs and stuff like that, how that would work on a Polaroid, but, you know. Yeah, I know how to take a picture. That's about it. That's me, yeah. I can take a picture. That's that's about it. I can can add, like, different, uh, you know, effects to my pictures, like, you know filters to my pictures on my on my phone. That's about the extent of my of my picture taking abilities. Yeah. And you can me giving me a look. Because you know you're good at pictures. I want to take pictures, but I don't know how to like you know change them up too much. So how did you make your way to Virginia? The Uncle Sam brought me here. Yeah, I went to boot camp in 85. They sent me to school in Connecticut. And then from there, I they stationed me here in Virginia. And other than going overseas, I've been here ever since. You're you're in you're in what? You're in Gloucester or Williamsburg, around that area? I, I'm I, I'm in Newport News. I'm in Newport, Newport News. News. Kind of to try yeah. kind of that Hampton, Hampton uh, kind of the Tri Cities area down there. Yeah, yeah. And I moved to the peninsula in 1990 when I went to shore duty. Mm-hmm. And I, with the exception of two months I was back in Texas, I've, I've been here on the peninsula the whole time. Uh, well, thank you so much for your service. We appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for sure. So look how they living down there. That's like a ghost hunter's like playground down in that area. Oh yeah, yeah. They're yeah. They're, they're, the all of Southeast Virginia is is one big battlefield. So you can't hardly throw a rock without hitting some place that's got something going on. Yeah, that's like the first you know first place we pretty much settled was down there. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the earliest, like, America is right there, down in that, like, Jamestown yeah. area. So there's so much history down there. 
Yeah, there there really is. And what was your? Uh, there, there, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I say, what was your what was your first first place you investigated when you moved out here? First place, excuse me. The first place I investigated out here was actually on base, NOB, or Naval Station Office now. But yeah, there's a a few few places there where like industrial accidents has happened, and I just doing EVPs and taking pictures and trying to get stuff there. And I, I got a few things. But as far as the, any of the historical locations around here, probably the Yorktown Battlefields is the first place I went to. So when you were investigating the base, did, did you have to ask permission, or did, were they okay with it, or just no. kind of went on your own? Yeah, I, I just went on my own because it wasn't in any um, restricted areas that I went to. It was all uh, free access. You, anybody go go through there, so that's what I did. What kind of uh, stuff did you get? I I got. I got sounds. I've got got a few uh, what I thought were voices saying, I'm here, stuff like that. I got looked out a couple of times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but back then, like I said, our technology back then, I, I didn't have any filters or anything to clean up any recordings and didn't have a computer to store anything on. So anything I got back then is long gone. Yeah. Well, still, it's in your memory. So. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's good. So that, it, yeah. It's, it's one of the things about the technology we have today. At least we can, we can save it. We can share it. It is so hard, so hard back then to, to, to share evidence with people. Yeah. You got to, like, you know, find it on your recorder and, you know, you got to keep the tapes and, you know, big old pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, just a couple of clicks of a button and you're there. Yeah, exactly. So what kind of uh, stuff did you, were you able to capture when you went out to, uh, out, to um, Yorktown? Oh, Yorktown, that was, I got, I got some yelling. And I, you, I heard the yelling with my ears, and this was, it was after dark, and I was on the public road, so I was okay. You can't go into the battlefields after dark; uh, they don't really like that. But mm-hmm. d- driving around, I, I heard some yelling, and I got that on recording. And I never got any photographic evidence out, out in Yorktown. What's the uh, how how did you go how did you uh, get the Virginia paranormal occurrence started? Well, um, back in two thousand nine two thousand ten time frame, I just I tried going with other groups, but we just really didn't mesh too well. There's one of the things, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Mm-hmm. And 
and so I just said, and they, everybody was, they were doing their own thing, and I just really didn't agree with it. So I said, I guess I'll just start my own up, and and I did. And I'm I'm still a small group right now. I here in Southeast Virginia, it's basically it's just me, but I've got um, a couple of ladies on my team up in Northern Virginia. They they handle that part up there. And they when they that they, they have any questions, they give me a holler, and I'm available to go travel up there if they need me. And they come down here a few times a year. How did you get involved with the Manor House? And what is the manor I got house? Ex- I got extremely lucky there because the manor house it's on a resort it's on the historic Powhatan Resort in Williamsburg and my wife was a resident artist there at the mm-hmm. resort and she'd teach arts and crafts up on, on the third floor of the the manor house and she'd draw people downstairs and everything and she she actually got me in there because she started the original ghost tour out there where she was telling a bunch of stories, and she'd show a, a ghost box or a K2 meter. And she resigned her position, and when she left, I, um, I was able to take over the tour and change it into what it is now. And so I've been I've been doing it since 2010 now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you know all the way out to the place by now. Excuse me? You know all the ins and outs of the place by now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I do. And like I said, I've been there 11 years now, and I'm still amazed at some of the stuff that we capture there. And um, since Jerry's been coming out there, which has been probably three or four months now, it's been getting... I don't know. She's a magnet. I don't know if she brought it with yeah, her. She gets them she just, up, that's for sure. Yeah, and yeah. it's been since she's been coming out. It's been a whole lot more active. Mm. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, I have to put her on payroll. <laughs> what uh, what's uh, what's the history behind the house? What do you why do you think it's so uh, active? Well, um. The property itself was patented as a plantation in 1643, a 1,000-acre plantation by is patented to the um, Eggleston family. And then in 1735, Richard Tolliver, or spelt Tolliaferro, he married one of the granddaughters of the Egglesons, and he got the plantation at his wedding dowry. And he, that's when he built the manor house. And over the years, there's been at least three different battles on the property. In the 1600s, in the 1700s, and in the 1800s. All three time periods that saw battles and, and death. So with that history and the things that, in that history there, it's really hard not to be, you know, have activity going on there. Yeah, sounds like there's a lot of uh, a lot of heartbreak on the on the land. Yeah, in the during the Revolutionary War, there was a battle that there was about 200 men were killed that day, 
on that on the property. And then in the Civil War is a smaller battle with only just like maybe fifty or sixty men killed. And the house the house was actually used as a hospital during the Confederate War or during the Civil War as a Confederate hospital and the Union Army attacked the place. Damn. So Yeah. But I can see why why it would be haunted then. That uh Makes yeah. sense. I, yeah. I, I can I can see that. What yeah. the um have you ever gone there and like been like kind of obviously scared, but has anything happened to you where like, oh crap? Uh it's nothing nothing's ever happened where I said like, oh crap. Now th- things have happened and I got really excited. Yeah, because that, that's what always that's what always freaked my mom out. Because nothing really ever scared me. Uh-huh. And but um, one night I was investigating the house and I was up on the third floor and I actually got touched. I, he, he had one of them touch me and he found out he wasn't from the property. He came to the property, and and he needed help crossing over. And uh, I told him I would get him. I told him I'd get him some help, and that's when he. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like a touch saying thank you. That's that's the way I took it. And and I, I got I got somebody got a preacher there to say some prayers and help him cross over. So you have so that, that, that's probably the most exciting thing there. Excuse me. Do you have abilities like Jerry has? Do you have the? Uh... Oh I, no, no. You ask my wife; she'll tell you I'm a, I'm as sensitive as a rock. Yeah, I think Angel says the same thing about me. <laughs> I am not, not that. You know, I don't yeah. think I'd want. I don't know. I don't think I'd want to be. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'd want to see some of the stuff that yeah. people see. Now, I I will tell you this though. I've I've been in the field long enough and I've done enough in the field where I'm getting to where I can sense if something is there. Now, I can't tell you if it's nice or mean or uh anything. I I can just I feel that if there's something there. And and I'm, Jerry and I had a talk about this the other night, and I think what it is is if you if you're in the field long enough and you're, you dig deep enough into the field, that you do start develop, developing a sensitiveness to it. Now I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I'm a, an empath or a psychic or any of those words. I'm because I'm not. I'm just I can I feel that if there's something there or not. Well, like you said, you know, if you're do something long enough, eventually the, their senses will, will get stronger, you know, and senses that you you didn't even know you had will, will start to develop. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I can go someplace and, and feel if there's something there, like you said, it's not like, like we can't see it, but it's like, if Jerry and Angie are watching HDTV with through their with their perceptions, mm-hmm. we are like a transistor radio type thing. You know, we're yeah, we're, exactly. Know, exactly. We're dial up in their in their you know broadband or, or whatever. So 
Yeah. Yeah, they're they're, they're digital, and I'm a rabbit ears. Yeah, exactly. We're like, I got, I'm, I'm the, I'm the black and white TV. And people, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you sent me two EVPs from the Manor House talking about the Manor House, but unfortunately, yeah. only one is uploading to the Blog Talk for some reason. The uh, the shortened one is actually still processing for uh, I don't know, taking forever. Yeah, that. Yeah, the the longer one, that one is the raw raw um, EVP hasn't been touched in any way. It just it's shortened down a little bit because it was like over a minute long. Then the other one that's I, I ran that one through Audacity, mm-hmm. and I was able to clean up some of the background noise and then it. That that EVP came off of um, Jerry's body cam, and we we're at, at the manor house. And you, and I give kudos to her for even hearing it on the raw footage, because it was very very faint. And I, when I cleaned up the background noise, you could hear there is something there. It's a class. I consider it a class C because you can't really understand what's saying. It, three different people could hear three different words, but it's definitely something there. I'm going to go ahead and play it now and uh, see what see we can hear. Okay. Hear that. I heard hear that. Is that was that? Well, that yeah. hear that. That was Jerry. Okay. The EV, actually, EVP comes right before that. I'm playing it again. Okay. Hear that. Was that a whistle? Yeah, it was a. To me, it sounds like it's a child or a woman saying hi. Let me play it one more time. Okay. I hear something. I'm going to have to listen to it again with my earphones on. It's just hard yeah. to listen to it through my phone, which in the... Right. You know, coming through the blog talks, the... the Computer here might not sound as good, but I, I definitely mm-hmm. hear something. Um, yeah. And because you know it's it's uh, such a such an old property, you know. You know. It's such a that's such a that's a good EVP right there. Yeah. So what um what other places have you investigated around here? Like recently, uh, uh, let's see. Recently, um, well, back in 2020, during the height of COVID, when everything was shut down, I a couple times I went out to Colonial Williamsburg at night, and it perfect with all the COVID going on. There was absolutely mm-hmm. nobody there. I was the only one there, and I was walking down the 
the big grassway heading towards the governor's mansion, and there was a, a shadow figure appeared there. And I looked up and saw it there, and it, I'm not going to say it ran, but it moved really kind of quickly to the left. And I went to see what it was, where it went, and there was no place for it to go. But it was oh, just wow. a black, black male or black human figure. And it was, and unfortunately, it moved fast enough. I didn't even have time to even get a picture of it. I, I snapped the picture, I clicked the picture, but it was so far away, you couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got up closer, it was it was long gone. What what time yeah, that, you were out there? It was probably around eleven. Run, running close to midnight, 10, 10, 11, midnight, somewhere around there. Yeah. Oh, that's one place I would definitely love to investigate. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently in somewhere in that area that's is by the gallows where they had um, supposedly hung Blackbeard's crew. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know if Blackbeard was actually there, had been there, whatever. But apparently, his crew was hung there. I think. I, yeah, I think I've heard stories about that. I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting that, that that they had that that kind of. You don't really think of pirates in Williamsburg in the same. Yeah. Uh, the same breath, but yeah. yeah if, I guess if you're gonna hear about pirates anywhere around here, you'd think it'd be out of Virginia Beach or Norfolk. Oh yeah, exactly. Closer to the water. Yeah. So, besides the manor house, what is your uh, what's your favorite place to investigate? Your place you've investigated? Uh, probably. Um, Moundsville, West Virginia State Penitentiary. Yeah, that was, that was a really good place. We got um, a really good EVP from there. Or that's one of the people that I was with got the EVP, but I listened to it. It was a crazy sound. It was as a class A. Uh, you hear in plain as day it says, "Give me a cig," like short for cigarette. Mm-hmm. And just a old, a, a gravelly male voice. It, it, mm. it was probably the best EVP I've ever heard. Oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because you you could hear it without headphones. We're not just just hit play on on the recorder, and it was there. It it, it was an amazing EVP. And got pictures of shadow figures there. It was, so that, that was probably, other than the manor house, that was probably my favorite place to investigate. It's definitely on my bucket list of uh, locations. Yeah. To, uh, to I want to go back. At some point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to go back, definitely. 
Uh, we'll pack up yeah. the van. We'll get Angie. We'll pack up the van. You, me, Jerry, and Angie. We'll go to Moundsville and go investigate. Sounds good. Sounds like a date. Sounds like a plan. We got. We have to get down there to the manor house sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here in um, January and February, I'm doing every Saturday night. Then in March, I start back up three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday. Well, we need, once we, once Angie starts getting better, we'll see if we get a babysitter, and we'll we'll go down there, and we'll help you guys out right. down there. Yeah, I look forward to it. Kind of. You know, maybe you got to get up here to the cabin on 360. Definitely, I've definitely been wanting to do the cabin on 360. We'll do yeah. like a exchange, a paranormal exchange. You come up here, we'll go down there. Sounds like a winner to me. I'm game. When you, perfect. So you, when you investigate, what is your what is your favorite piece of equipment to use? What is what's what's the one that's gotten the most? Uh, Results for you? Um, I'm, I'm old school, uh, either a camera or a digital voice recorder. I've got the I've got the, the other gadgets that I, I like. That mm-hmm. They're fun to play with, but t- if you get something with just the gadgets, there's always going to be people saying saying that that's just coincidence. But if you get the gadgets or backing up something you capture on your voice recorder or on your camera or your video camera, it's kind of hard to call that a coincidence. No. So yeah. I, 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 I like the, the voice recorders and the cameras, audio and visual. Yeah, and you still have people that just just don't want to believe it. We don't want to believe it, regardless of how much evidence you have. So it's. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 and, and there's investigators out there. Uh, they're not going to believe it unless they're the ones who um, capture the evidence. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I try, yeah. I steer clear of those people. Yeah, because I mean, it's 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 your word. That's yeah. pretty much all you have when it comes to this. Yep. And you've got. You've got to just take the person's word for it. If you're they're your friend or you know the person, you know that they're not going to bullshit you. Then, yeah. If you say it's real, then it's real. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, if somebody tells me something, I'll believe them until they're proven wrong or I'm proven wrong. And and if if you tell me something and you know it's not true, I ain't going to believe you no more. But yeah, up you don't until, get many chances. Um, yeah, because I've known a few so-called paranormal investigators that who have made made stuff up, and I they're not no they're no longer in the paranormal field. I don't know the point of making stuff up when it comes to yeah like the paranormal field. It just doesn't make sense. You're not going to get anything from yeah. it, really. You might get some notoriety yeah. for a little bit, but, the, you know, there's always yeah. someone else getting another piece of evidence better than, better than yours. You yeah, know, exactly. It's, it's exactly. Always, and, I, don't, I never saw the point in that. But yeah. I guess people think that, it's, you know, I've got it. I've got it. This is my ticket to the big time. 
but eventually you you see you see through it. Yeah. 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 Call BS when when it's there. So besides the, the night in Texas with the rocking chair, has there ever been a time during an investigation where you've been like kind of scared or just more worried than you normally are? I guess not really scared. This is not the right word to use. No, because I'm always nothing negative has ever happened to me. Not one time. Not even close to being uh-huh. negative. And I attribute that because I'm always, 100% of the time, I'm respectful of the ghost. Because you you see the TV shows, and I've seen a few um, actual teams provoking and taunting. I I don't believe in that. Yeah. And because the way I look at it, I'm a big man. I'm 6'2", 230 pounds. I can fight a lot of things. You can't fight that stuff. And they don't fight fair. They fight to win. And if the only way I'm going to make contact with one is by pissing them off, I don't want to do it. So I'm, yeah, I'm always right. respectful, and no, nothing negative has ever happened to me. So I, I, I've, yeah. other than that time out, out at the abandoned farm i've never been scared of doing this i've been excited yeah right you you definitely get your adrenaline pumped up when you when you go in some place especially if you're going to like like you said they don't fight fair you know they're they could they could come up behind you you don't know so your your adrenaline's already pumped up yeah uh, just being on investigation Mm -hmm. you know that's I think a lot of people they, they watch these shows on TV and they see it, you know they forget that you know it's entertainment uh, first and foremost more than you know a document documentary on how to hunt or investigate par- the paranormal. It's they they're all about views. They don't care about like right their right etiquette, I guess uh huh yeah you know. And uh, yeah. the people watch these shows and make oh we gotta you gotta provoke and whatnot yeah. and uh, you know it's it's yeah and, and it's not, that's my, why, not my cup of tea yeah and that's why I I I don't watch the paranormal shows anymore the only one that only paranormal show after that I really got into watching. It was that was the original Ghost Hunters, mm-hmm. but all the other ones, they to me it seems like they've been coached by the producers. Yeah, and plus when I when I watched those shows, I used to watch like Ghost Adventures and stuff. I was I wasn't part of the team, so I was kind of living vicariously through them as far as investigating yeah. the paranormal and stuff. But now that I'm part of Crop, and you know I. I'm able to investigate the cabin. It just makes me want to go out and investigate myself more. And I'm like, just get back because I'm not out there, you know? I can't mm-hmm. really enjoy yeah. it anymore. Yeah. yeah. I tell you what we do watch, and my son RJ's into this, we watch uh, Nuke's Top 5. That's on YouTube. And he captures, like, paranormal, paranormal, like, 
videos from all over the world. And some of the stuff, man, it is like freaks me out. And I'm watching on TV. Like, how in yeah. the world do you guys like? It's like I'm getting scared. I'm watching on television. Yeah, this isn't saying much. Everything scares me. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I am kind of a wimp when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm not gonna lie. I don't like watching scary things. Uh, so uh, Angie has a question. The question that she asks every show. Her favorite question of all time. Go ahead. Ask the question. What is on your paranormal bucket list? What are, let's say, the top three places that you really, really, really want to check out? Um, and money is no object. So wherever you want to go. Okay. Number one by far is Normandy. Yeah. That's a good one. Be, yeah, be, being a veteran, being a Navy veteran, and the, the, what happened at Normandy, that's definitely number one. Number two is uh, ca- the old abandoned castles in Ireland. Oh, yeah. yeah. And number three, huh, that, that's the Shining um, Hotel there in Colorado. Ooh, the Stanley. Yeah, Stanley, Ooh, that's yeah. A good one. Oh yeah, those are probably my top three. Those are all good choices. That's so cool. Every every person yeah. we ask has different ones, at least one different yeah. place. Yeah, that's some good answers. Yeah, we have definitely. So, has have there ever been like what is like? I shouldn't ask that question. That's going to throw any other people on the bus. Cool. I can ask what's the like the worst place he's investigated. No, you never know? do that. Yeah. No. Uh, well, you just keep that one to yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm having a brain fart here. What's your favorite part? What's your favorite part of being in the paranormal? What's what's the the one thing that gets you excited about going out and investigating every time? So basically, we know what got you there, but what kept you there? Yeah, what's uh, what keeps you going? Probably when some somebody says hey i think i have something at my house and i can go in and i can ease their mind whether it's finding something natural that causes it or yeah there's something here and from everything i've gathered you don't have anything to worry about they're they, they're just watching over you, or there's no malevolence there at all. Or if they want something gone, getting them help. Because I I, I'm not able to cross them over like other people can do, but I've, I've got a list of people that I can call that can do that. And I think that's the that's part that really gets me, keeps me going, among other things, but those that's the main thing. Right. What advice would you uh, give other than help? Yeah. Excuse me? What advice would you would you give someone who's trying to get into the paranormal? Find you a 
good, experienced investigator and learn everything you can. So you get people out there that they watch a couple episodes of Ghost Adventures and they go get themselves a black T-shirt and a digital voice recorder and they're, they're out there. So yeah, don't don't learn how to go something from watching TV. Yeah, those aren't those are not hot. Those are not how-to videos. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them are what not to do videos. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. So we are about almost out of time here. Um, I want to want to give. Boy, you, that was fast. I did. This hour, like Jerry was talking earlier on, on at the end of her show how these hours go by super fast when you when you get into a conversation and you start talking and you start, you know, throwing ideas around. You know, sometimes an hour just isn't long enough. Um, but we'll, yeah. we'll have you back on the show here. Um, but I want to give you a chance to come to talk about, like, your team or where they can find you, uh, talk how people can touch you about going to investigate the manor house. Just uh, yeah. these last few minutes up to you. To promote yeah. yourself. Uh, yeah, I, um, my website is vapor757.com, V-A-P-O-R-757.com. It's got a link on my email and everything. Contact me. And if you got any brand-new paranormal investigators out there, I have written a book about how to um, be a paranormal investigator. It's called Welcome to the World of Paranormal Investigations. You can buy it on Amazon. Uh, you can email me, and I can send you a copy. And then you got the ghost tours every Saturday night at 8 p.m. in January and February at the, the Manor House on the Historic Powhatan Resort in Williamsburg. Just call there, ask for the activities desk, and they'll sell you a ticket. And that phone number is 757-220-1200. That's about it. Well, then. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, we really you appreciate it. Me. Yeah, and look forward uh, to we'll seeing see you and Angie out there at the Manor House. Oh, definitely. We'll make it down there sometime soon. Good deal. Yeah. Okay, okay, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, thank we'll you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. Next week, we've got Casey Colburn coming on the show from Cauldron Talk with Casey. She's into, she's into witchcraft and stuff like that, so that'll be interesting. Plus, she is a tour guide at the Hinsdale House, so we can talk about Hinsdale next week on the Freaking Awesome Show. So, the next week is our anniversary, eight-year anniversary. What? Like it's been 50. And she hasn't been here the whole time. <laughs> no. uh, it's actually, I think the, the actual date is uh, not the actual day, but it's during that week. So I'm just, just going to call out our anniversary show. So hope you guys tune in next week for Casey Colburn. And we will be back next Tuesday night. Same freaking awesome time. Same freaking awesome channel. That's right. Have a good night.